This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So today what we're going to be talking about is we're coming up to, to sort of like pulling together these, these last parts, these very last parts of courage. And what does courage look like? In all its forms, what does courage actually look like? And we kind of set this context. The courage has three parts. Strong back. I'm going to say them and I have you say them when I point to you. First is a strong back. Can you say it? Strong back. Second is a soft front. Soft and third is an open heart. So that's what we've been looking at. What does it mean to have a strong back? Maybe one in need of a little chiropractic care. But what does it mean to have a strong back? What does it mean to have a soft front? And what does it mean to have an open heart? And I actually believe this. And I think this is, this is challenging. One of the most courageous things we can do, what is it? Keep an open heart. Keep an open heart. How many of us find keeping an open heart a challenge on occasion? It's pretty hard to do. Because in our lives, there's, there's circumstances, there's life things, there's relationship things, there's the weather, you know, whatever it might be, that can kind of close our hearts in. And it's this constant battle to keep our hearts open. And, and I was thinking about it. Uh, we had Eva Core. Now, we have a bunch of first-time people here today. We had Eva Core. She was a Holocaust survivor spoke from this stage. It was amazing. And she spoke about forgiveness. Essentially, anytime you talk about forgiveness, you're in the arena of an open heart. And I was thinking, if we had advertised her, come and hear Eva Core talk about how she was just a victim and how unfair life is, how many people would come to that? We wouldn't. There's a part of us that, that, that I think, when you look at that, there's part of us that's always seeking to hear people's open heart. Like, I believe this. I believe you are not here. You didn't come here today to learn something. You came here today because you already know something. You know something about an open heart, and our job together is to share what we already know. Now, to get this started, I want to come out in the audience and ask a question. Ask you a question. Just what are the reasons that might close your heart or that you could see closing someone else's heart? All right? So let's just kind of get into that space. What are the reasons that close people's hearts? I'll be coming around with the mic. Please just raise your hand if you would like to answer that question. Being hurt or betrayed. Hurt or betrayed. That'll do it every time, 100% of the time. What's another one, folks? Ego. Ego. Need we say more? The ego. What's another one? Fear of rejection. Fear of rejection. How many of us don't do stuff because we're absolutely terrified of being rejected? That, oh my goodness. That sends me right back to high school, by the way. Resentments. Resentments. Resentments can do it as well. And that whole thing, if we live in those resentments, we get more and more closed. I was going to say fear, just fear itself, but I guess that's part of it. It's all part, all part of it, all part of it. Comfort zone. Ooh, comfort zone. Our comfort zone can do that frequently as well. Past failings. Past failings. 
so we can have a comfort zone that's filled with all our past failings, right? We can do that. How many of us have become experts in that arena? Feeling judged. Feeling judged. And any feeling of like we're somehow judged and we're somehow out there and in a very vulnerable place. Give everyone a round of applause. It was a great set of answers. So with that, folks, like you can see all those reasons there, and imagine we could go on and on. All of those will slowly, slowly start to close our hearts down. And what that can mean is life sometimes, and this is for my generation, I don't think the young adults will get this, but, but I certainly do. Life can feel like this. Remember that cartoon? You know, where we keep on trying to kick the football, and Lucy keeps on pulling it away. What starts to happen then, folks, over time with a closed heart? We start to just develop a certain reaction, and that's fight, flight, or freeze. Fight, flight, or freeze. And that's what a closed heart does. It, 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 we're so closed up that, that sometimes we just want to run away. Sometimes, you know, we're really kind of going to lean into it. We're going to have a big battle. And my personal favorite is freeze. You know, I get frozen all the time. When my heart closes, I, I literally feel frozen. Frozen in time, frozen in space. Now, again, it gives a little different definition here, and I think it's a beautiful part of New Church theology about what salvation is, because salvation has a big part of the connotation of salvation is freedom and how, how we can really find freedom in our lives. But with that being said, we have to be willing to hear a call. Our hearts inevitably will close, and I certainly don't want you to leave out of here feeling ashamed that you have a closed heart. I want everybody to be honest here. So then any of you feeling any guilt, raise your hand if you've ever had a closed heart. You know, hopefully I can't see anybody, but hopefully all your hands are up. You know, we've all had that. We've all experienced that. So, so it, obviously that's part of the journey. It's part of the curriculum that we learn by in this life. And yet on the other side of it, there, we have to start to hear a call. And I want to share with you two stories from the Bible that give us a sense of what this call might be. And the first story I'm going to say from over here. This story goes way, way back, thousands of years before Christ was even born. And it's the story of these, these chosen people. And they've been freed out of slavery, out of Egypt. They called the children of Israel. They come to this place, this borderline, crossing over into the promised land. Moses is their leader. And Moses kind of wants to give them a last set of instructions. He's not going to cross over there with them, but he's got to give them one last set of instructions. And I want you to think of it this way. I want you to think of a plane filled with thousands of people, 12 different tribes, 12 different armies, all united together as one, to hear from a beloved leader who's led them all these years. And what the Bible story goes on to say is this. The Lord, your God himself, will cross over ahead of you. Beautiful idea that God's going ahead of you. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said. So Joshua is the leader of the army. So God's going to go ahead of you. Joshua's going to go ahead of you. And then this beautiful line, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord, your God, goes with you. He will never leave you. 
nor forsake you. I want to say that again. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you, nor forsake you. Last night, sitting beside someone, and the person just got quiet, and they said, does God ever desert his flock? And I can tell you that's not true. God never deserts us. We may not be aware, we may not be awake, but the idea that God kind of has left us, just not true. Now this beautiful line goes on to say that Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, and this is the general, in the presence of all Israel, be strong and courageous. Again, like coming back to like, be strong and courageous. For you must go with this people into this land. And the Lord swore to them and to their ancestors to give them. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. It's this beautiful part of like the sacredness of of God calling and saying, be strong and courageous. And at the same time saying, don't be afraid. I say this many times, many times. And again, I know we have some first time people, so I want to say it again. Number one command. Number one command in all of the Bible is do not be afraid. Over 300 times. Do not be afraid. And with that, the army moves. They take over this land. And now I want to jump. I want to jump over to the far carpet with a different story. This is an important part of a call right here. And I think we can kind of feel that call, that call of a movement as a body, that call being called forth as a body. I sort of keep on thinking of scenes from the movie Braveheart. You know, there's that call there. And then there's another call over here. And this is a call that's different. And this is the call that Christ gives. Now, again, it's not saying that was bad and this is good. You know, New Church, we believe like it's this this whole continuum of a story. Sometimes we're back over in that place, and that's the call we need to hear there. And sometimes we're over in this place, and this is the call to courage we need to hear here. And it's this call. First off, Jesus called the twelve. So what happens is instead of twelve tribes and thousands of people, Jesus collects twelve disciples. And these disciples were not supermen at all. They were very regular Joe bag of donuts kind of people. Just juxtapose again, folks, thousands of people, 12 tribes, there's a call there, to a much smaller, much more, in a certain sense, broken group of just 12 people. And notice what Jesus does. And he sent them out in pairs. Just that in pairs. Right? Not a conquering army. Just that two by two. And I think part of this, folks, is again, and, and kind of read this in the back, I think part of this is so that, so that hearts remained open. So that hearts remained open. So there's an acknowledgement an acknowledgement of dependency. Over here, there's an acknowledgement of independence. Over here, there's an acknowledgement of dependence. Because you can't make that journey just by yourself. 
And some of the beautiful lines that then Christ gives about how to go out in two by two. Don't think you need a lot of extra equipment for this. You are the equipment. Keep it simple. Jesus called the 12 and sent them. If you're not welcomed, not listened to, quietly withdraw. Don't make a scene. Shrug your shoulders and be on your way. In other words, don't go to war. Don't go to war. Again, juxtapose it. Juxtapose it across the course of the Bible. Then they were on the road. They preached with joyful urgency that life can be radically different. I love that idea of joyful urgency. As the band comes out, for our middle song here, folks, I want you to think about these two different calls of courage. I want you to think about how they actually get us into what an open heart looks like and the courage that it sometimes takes to keep that open heart. There's nothing easy over here. There's nothing easy. But what I will tell you and what I hope to leave you with when I come back is that there is always, in that vulnerability, in that dependency, in that being sent out two by two, there's always this. There's always beauty. That place where we can be, where we can become a, a child of God, and, and what does that look like, and how does it work, and, and how's it, how is it connected with this idea of an open heart? And again, an open heart, I think, is one of the most courageous things we can do because to keep that open heart, it means there's reasons not to. And it means that maybe just continuing to show up. It's the greatest act of courage we can have with keeping that open heart. Just doing the best we can. Powerful, powerful to think about it that way. See, I really do believe this, that this is what we're called to a new kind of open-hearted tribe. Because that's what Christianity is about, a new kind of open-hearted tribe. We are called to, please say the L word there, we are called to a living community that serves primarily through relationship. A living community that serves primarily through relationship. Do you realize this, folks? You may be, we'll put this sink in for a minute, you may be the only Bible someone reads their whole life. You may be the only Bible someone reads their whole life. That great St. Francis quote, I say it all the time, uh, uh, preach, preach the word every day and if need be, use words. That deep power of we're talking about relationships here. It's what church is about. That's what Christianity is about. That's why, again, you have this, this beautiful command to go out two by two. Because when you go out two by two, you have to keep an open heart. You have to embrace, again, a certain kind of dependency. A dependency that may feel at times deeply uncomfortable, but that we need to have. Could I share something with you that's a little bit of a mind stretch? That, that maybe God, if we think of God as too omnipotent, in other words, all-powerful, we may have an incomplete view of God. If we view God as, as overly omnipotent, we can actually have an incomplete view of God. Now, I'm not saying God is not all-powerful. Obviously, I believe God is all-powerful. 
But I know for me, when I tend to think of, of omnipotence, I tend to think of this, like conquering armies. And there's more to the story than that. There's actually an embracing of a different kind of omnipotence over here. A different kind of power. A different kind of way of, of finding our voice. And I think a lot of that, folks, is, is, is when we, as we start to find our voice, we get really clear that the message is more important than the messenger for us. In other words, that, that we're to carry messages out there into relationships, into our lives, a message of love and acceptance of all these things. I, I mean, folks, your list there of all the things that close our hearts, we're to carry a message, carry a message that opens hearts and not carry it in a way of like, I'm here to instruct you, but carry it in a way of like, we're in this together. We're in this together. Two by two. Two by two. And that that's where maybe our voice can start to come. Now, what starts to happen here is when we're carrying an open heart, we start to understand something about the message, that we're, we're sent forth to do something on behalf of that kind of takes away the fear, I think, for a lot of us. I know this is such a silly example with me. Like, I, I get totally anxious this time of year when, when, I, when I have to talk about money. Like, oh, I just hate talking about money. It just it gets me anxious. But then if I, if I slow down and I think, oh, what is this on behalf of? Like, what is this all about? Then it all of a sudden becomes easier. And I would say that's true for almost, I mean, that's a very natural, low-level example. And I think that's true of almost anything. Like, like, if, if we're nervous about the message that we're carrying, it's probably because we've made it too much about us. And we haven't given over to a message. Something where we're serving on behalf of. Where it's that real concept of reaching out and stretching. Because what can happen there, folks, is, is we can get our voice, we can get our voice, and once we start to get it, once we start to get it, that voice can then start to grow through us. And I think again of, of, a, of something where you have a strong back and then that voice moving through that soft front and moving out there through that open heart. That deep courage that that can show. Now I want to show you an example of somebody with, a, I think, a beautiful concept of a voice. Take a look at this next picture. This is Project Revoice. So with Project Revoice, you see the man there on the right in the wheelchair. He's an ALS patient, and he's actually typing with his eyes. He's lost the ability to speak, so he's typing with his eyes. And Project Revoice, what they do, what Project Revoice does, is before an ALS patient loses their voice, they go in and they record their voice. And then through some crazy wild technology, when an ALS patient then types out words, it actually is spoken then in their words. It's giving them a voice. Project Revoice is a nonprofit initiative with the ultimate goal to ensure that no one living with ALS will ever have to suffer being robbed of their voice. In other words, we're going to give them courage. So I want you to take a look at this video. I want you to pay attention to what he says. The, the first half, you'll hear his voice, you know, as he's typing. In the second, it's, it's a computer-generated voice. But listen to the words he has. 
and hear them as words of courage, hear them as words of fighting to keep an open heart. Take a look. Well, Pat, these are your first words in your, your new voice. Are you ready? Okay. Well, I hope you're all ready for another speech. It's a strange feeling saying your first words a second time. I've always loved making speeches, as you know, but this is certainly a whole new experience. It's like you don't even realize how powerful, how personal, and how unique your voice really is until it's taken from you. Say something, listen to it. No one else has your voice. My voice was how I fought back against the very disease trying to take it from me. After my diagnosis, I began telling people my story knowing that one day ALS would attempt to shut me up. Sorry, I'm not going out that easy, because guess what? My voice is back. I will make sure my voice is heard until ALS stops robbing people of their own voices. ALS has lost this round. You hear that? It's my voice. You have no idea how not having my voice limited me. You've just lit another fire inside me to get out and tell my story. That was great. We're happy to help. that just incredibly powerful. You know, that idea of, of here's a man who, who could close his heart, who decides to, with great courage, to continue to move forward. You know, and I, he has some lines in there. One is like, hear that? It's my voice. Hear that? It's my voice. And then this line I loved as well. Hear your first words a second time. That idea of those first words that we speak. Your voice, your voice matters. The voice God has given you matters. It counts. Each of us has a different perspective, but again, going back to the 12 gates, we're supposed to bring all that together. And that takes courage. And it takes having over and over again a commitment to an open heart, a commitment to this kind of vulnerability, this kind of relationship, this kind of approach to life. With that voice, folks, and this is, a little, this is a little tricky to describe. What we start to come to understand, I think, is that we are here 
finited forms of God's love, we are here as part of God's story. You are here as part of God's story. God's story is simply this. The Bible says God is love, and God's story is simply that idea that, yes, this is God's story, and this is the story of love. Does love have times when it suffers, yes or no? Yep. Does love have times that are triumphant, yes or no? Yes. And that love always needs a voice. It always needs that work. It always needs that courage that can start to pull it forward. So as we close today, think about what that means. Think about what you can do just in your own small way to keep an open heart. And as the Bible says, go forth. Be strong and courageous. Courageous. I go before you, says God. And do not, do not be afraid. Amen. I'm now going to offer a prayer, and then you'll have an opportunity to say your own prayer, to silently say the Lord's Prayer as you know it, or to just have a moment of quiet reflection, and then we'll have our final song. So please join me. Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. And Lord, as human beings, as human beings, we sit in places that are often broken. We sit in places that are awfully, deeply challenging. We sit in places that are hurt. And Lord, in all those places, remind us that those are not occasions to close our hearts, but those are actually occasions to open our hearts to open our hearts to you, to open our hearts to each other, two by two. Sent out into this world to do the best we can, to bring our voice, our perspective to bear courageously, joyously. Our voice, Lord. Help us to find this week those very first words said again a second time. Bless this congregation, Lord. Be with them this week. In your name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. 